Welcome to You're Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual Healing. As CNN recently pointed out, Pete Buttigieg, uh, who is the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Mayor Pete. A town of roughly 100,000 people. Um, but a very, I mean, it's 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 an important city in Indiana. So, I mean, having that as being the mayor of that's pretty big. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. I, I feel like important city and Indiana don't go together. No, but, they don't. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a it's a huge college town. It's, it's a big college know, town. It's an important it's, city. It's, it's, a, it's a democratic city. But yeah. uh, Pete Buttigieg is running for president. And as CNN pointed out, he's having quite a moment. He is. Uh, specifically, he is – there was re- a recent poll in which uh, – that found him at 4% nationwide amongst mm-hmm. Democrats. And this is – which might not sound like a lot, but the the field of Democrats is currently really splintered. So yeah. most candidates aren't getting much more than 15 percent. Well – And and for instance, Kamala Harris, who is sort of like a you know an ascendant car- uh, mm-hmm. candidate, is also at only 8 percent in that poll. Well, and, and right now, outside of – I mean, polls are important, sure. But right now, primarily what's most important for a candidate like Pete, who has very little name value, who has very little sort of – outside exposure of this little small area of Indiana is getting into the debates. And part of the Democratic debate process is raising a certain amount of money or right. polling in a certain amount um, percentage-wise. Polling is probably going to be a no-go for him, so the biggest thing he can do is fundraise. Right. And he successfully, as of this recording, um, raised uh, in the first quarter of the first filing, I should say, $7, seven million, right? which allows him to be in the mm-hmm. first batch of the Democratic debates, which and is a really big young, deal. And, and he's gay. He's 37 right. years old he is married he went um, to harvard yes he's he, a road scholar he speaks many languages he's married as i point out on the view veteran. a lot uh, yes he's yeah. an army vet. Yeah. he's also a man of the lord he <laughs> likes right. to talk he's about the bible a lot so uh do you guys so like I'm, him i i do like him okay. uh, and i i at first when alan you may you were the first one to point out that a gay guy a mayor from india south bend indiana was running and i aggressively rolled my eyes because yeah. I, I was like, all right, whatever. Because uh, I thought you were kind of making a mountain out of a molehill. Because mm-hmm. you're like, he's he's a person. He's an LGBT individual running for... <laughs> Who's ready to eat some yeah. crow? <laughs> uh, no, I, as I think we all know, all the listeners know, I've never been wrong and I, I maintain that to this day. But crow. Shove said, it down yeah, your he's, mouth. He's defi- I've, I've had a bunch of friends over the last couple of weeks like start freaking out over him, over Pete, because he's right. yeah. very authentic, very genuine. People yes. keep confirm- uh, comparing him to Obama. Young, uh, just Everyone's compared to smart. Obama these days. I don't buy any of that. Uh, but with that said, <laughs> I am... Um, I, obviously, it's so early. We have no idea who yeah. would get the the nomination, but I don't know if the country would be ready for a game. I can tell you. I agree. I can tell you. I will put down all the money that I have, all thirty seven dollars of it, <laughs> on that. This man will not, not get the be nominee. president of the United States. <laughs> that said, that said, those thirty seven dollars are worth a lot because it's important. What I love about what he's doing is, and and there, candidates like this in a Democratic primary process are really interesting because he's essentially running for name value. So he is the future 
of the party. Right. This is what we're looking at here. We're looking at somebody who potentially has a very long career in democratic politics. Right. And he could be president someday. He's like right. planting he could, a seed. He's saying, planting right. a seed. And what's so important and what I love planting about seed. what he's doing. What I love about what he's doing is that he's engaging a, a democratic base that sometimes has queer base that is sometimes for me at least in my in my mm-hmm. own area have felt left out of the process because we've dealt with a lot of democratic politicians who for years have said, oh, yeah, we support gay rights, gay people that we love gay people. We just don't think you should get married or we don't think this. We had to sort of wink and nod and, and vote for the Democrat because they we knew that they were the best one for us, mm-hmm. but they weren't necessarily always speaking to our issues and mm-hmm. we just had to accept it. And I love that queer people are now saying, you know what, he needs to reach this fundraising number in order to get into the debates. Having his voice is very important in the debates mm-hmm. and making sure that a queer perspective is open and out there in the debates along with Joe Biden, if he ever announces that he's running, mm-hmm. or Bernie Sanders, all people who support you know, queer people. But that said... There's no queer person up there. Just like it's important to have a black representative, people speaking for the community of mm-hmm. color, communities mm-hmm. of color, to have a woman up there. It is important in the Democratic Party, a huge voting block of the party, to have a queer voice. And it's kind of cool in in a I guess an ironic twist that he's from Indiana because of Mike Pence and all Mike the Pence damage well, he's done. Yeah, that is kind of <laughs> ironic. But what also I what I think is so funny in the history of sort of gay politicians is that some of the biggest names who have queer people who have been elected to office in this country come from states that you don't expect a queer mm. person to be coming from in an elected capacity. You know, I, mm. I don't say this often, but I do. I do fundamentally believe that the m- vast majority of American people are decent and I just. I think so too. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I don't say that much these days, but right. I do still believe that in my core. And uh, and and so uh, that's why you know we had. Uh, Donica Roem, who was the first transgender state, rep- state representative in Virginia, yeah. who beat a really conservative. We have a gay governor Republican. of Colorado. I know, oh. but we, we she beat a really conservative uh, a representative in that in that state house race. Mm-hmm. Someone who would run on a platform and it represented that that district mm-hmm. for like a decade yeah. in a with a very conservative evangelical platform and then she beat him mm-hmm. um like that's that's so pretty that, proof that positive district that can show that a like, lot of people yeah. can show up and be ni- nice and thoughtful and nice that's it <laughs> but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like nice in the, yeah. in the most I basic to, way i mean yeah. I, even though i do think that all politics is local and i do think what she did was incredible i also think that for someone like you know um Jared Polis or right. the or uh, Kristen Cinema? No, um, from Wisconsin. Tammy Baldwin. Tammy Baldwin. Thank you. Gosh. Like Ellen like having <laughs> because like if you have to have if you have to win electorally statewide, there are certain things you have to do. It's not just getting. And yes, it's a it's a huge deal for someone to win a district and to win a yeah. house seat, and that's important, very important. But. What I think Pete Buttigieg is doing and what these other sort of statewide gay people running for statewide office in that or huge cities, you know, um, we had the Houston mayor a couple of years ago was the first biggest city to have a gay mayor mm-hmm. and, and Christine Quinn in New York City. What they do is that they, they blast into the media that there is a queer person just being themselves authentically, not representing only a queer audience, but representing the enti- their entire community. Their constituency, and it, right. And it says something not only to the city and to the state, but to the world. Right. Because 
we don't have a lot of that, and that's yeah. a big deal. It is pretty crazy. It's 2019, and yet it does still feel like a huge, yeah, um, you know, message to put out there that he's basically like, yeah, I'm normal and kind of boring, and you know, right. small town ish. Like yeah. that's, I love it. I think it's you know, I love a it too. Message with being gay and boring. But let's let's talk about my for a second. Let's play devil's advocate and say he does get the nomination because I had my my nightmare scenario. Okay. Uh, for Peter Buttigieg is <clears throat> he gets a nomination, and I think, like I said, because I think the American people are decent. I don't think Trump Trump could run against him on a platform of homophobia. No, but <laughs> maybe he could. maybe anything's possible. Maybe. But I do think Trump could. Trump. I mean, obviously, the Trump administration cares not at all about truth or decency, right? Yeah. And morals I, decorum. Morals decorum. <laughs> I think he could start like any him or his affiliated uh, conspiracy theorist sites could start any number of rumors. Just or the yeah. one I thought most significantly would be that he would start a rumor that Pete is in an open relationship, which is based on nothing. Right. Mm. But I feel like that's very common amongst the gay community. We're sort of having this. Right. We're starting starting <laughs> a, a, a conversation, sure. societally speaking, yeah. about kind of being a little bit more open in your relationships, branching outside of monogamy, and I. That's sort of that's in my head. That's where they would go first. Yeah. Is, then they'd be like, he he didn't make it on Drag Race. He, uh, you know, like well, <laughs> he doesn't wear fancy if, jeans. If the American people were to, were if if the Republican Party realized the American people fundamentally don't care, don't give if, a shit if someone is gay, right? As long as they are speaking to their values. But then you take it one step further and say, oh no no no, he's not just gay, right? He's gay and he's fucking around, right? Yeah, that's what worries me. But right. the, but I also think that there is. Bill Clinton, I think, is a great example of somebody who, and so Trump is too, in a way, a great example of someone who has an onslaught of ridiculous charges, some of them not so ridiculous, even though they sound ridiculous, and and yet still survive electorally. So you have someone like Bill Clinton who goes into the New Hampshire primary with, you know, cheating allegations. In 92? In 92. Uh-huh. And all, I mean, and, and, a, and a very more conservative time and talking about adultery and, ta- and his wife being a crazy feminist and talking yeah. about her not baking cookies and doing right. all that shit. Right. And yet he still goes on to essentially have New Hampshire be his comeback story and be what led him to win the nomination and thus the presidency. And so I do think that while that's true, rumors and they can they could put on a whole onslaught of shit on this dude. There is still something to that retail politician, that person. And and Pete feels like this. He feels like the type of person that isn't necessarily about having, you know, the big grandstanding speeches and everything. He literally is out there going door to door, doing the basic things that you need to do in order to win primaries and caucuses. And he is a retail politician. He's a local politician. And so was Bill Clinton. And in a way, kind of so was Trump. And in, oh, for sure. in a bigger sense. And those kind of politicians tend to overcome the onslaught of trash from the other side, whereas Hillary Clinton was never seen as someone who was very friendly. Was ne- She didn't do the retail politics in a way that others did. And it hurt her because no one could connect with her. Well, not uh, this is not um, necessarily uh, uh, science or data-based, but I will say that um, <laughs> Here we go. I'll never forget when Oprah had... There was a, a podcast called Making Oprah. I loved that and It was podcast. incredible. It was an incredible podcast. And she was in on it. She yeah. wanted in. Mm-hmm. And so it was very much did. cooperative with Oprah. And it was just like a three or four part series about how she came to be Oprah. Oh, yeah. And she talked about politics mm-hmm. because it came out, I think, I think right after the election, I believe. Which one? I'm, 
making Oprah. Oh, but, and, oh sorry, election? sorry, 2016. Oh. So Oprah said, um, she was talking about politics and said that in 2000, she had Gore and Bush on her show. She said <clears throat> Gore came out, like she had Gore on first, and he came out and was perfectly pleasant and polite and, you know, obviously well-spoken and erudite and, like, answered questions and was friendly. And then Bush came out and, like, whoop whooped up the crowd, like, you know, like, cheered with them. went into the audience. Yeah, went into the audience, and then he kissed Oprah on the cheek. Yeah. And... Um, even like what he, she said something like, oh, you're like, you're like into winning. He was, you know, he said something along the lines of like, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm trying to win something along those lines. And Oprah's point was like, at the end of the day, from her perspective, charm. And like, you're talking about retail politics, mm-hmm. charm, mm-hmm. Goes a no long matter way. if you're if a fucking asshole like Trump <laughs> or you're, you know, charismatic, like Obama, it goes further sometimes than, yeah policy than anything else yeah my mom said about trump and my mom hates trump but she said about trump in the funniest way she's like you know i get why trump is so popular he is charming he is someone that you can watch and kind of laugh at some of his stupid shit even though you're so upset by it and appalled by it you're still kind of charmed and laughing by his sort of bombastic behavior and he charms you into believing him sometimes and then she pauses and she goes just like a serial killer. <laughs> She's right. Yeah. <laughs> I love Pete. I think I like Pete. I, I think like, I like well, of Pete. Course. What's not to like about him? Buy a bumper sticker. Would, yeah. you, would you marry him, Brent? Sure. Alan? No. Well, only because I crave power. Uh, well, if you're right. craving power, I wouldn't marry Pete. He's the mayor of Brent can be the first South mayor of South Bend. The, the second this, husband this, of South Bend. I will be gentleman of South Bend. I do think he should be on this podcast when he comes to Los Angeles for a fundraiser. We should okay. make that happen. Yes, and I did actually email the campaign, and we've been talking. Um, Whoa, and someone never quits bragging. Wow. Why not? Why not? Yeah, you know? of course. Um, but... I but. won't marry him, but I will be his friend because his dog, and I did know this, you put in the notes here, Alan, did you know? I did know this. His dog is named Truman. Oh. Which is adorable. And even though I don't know if it's after Harry, my home state senator, whom I love and adore so, so much, um, I like to think that it is after it's, Harry it's actually from the Truman Show but good try I, is it really the Truman Show no I have no idea I love Harry Truman so much <laughs> I know you do you know we do when you hear it in that voice <laughs> not even joking Guillermo thank you for being here thank you thanks um, for having me so how do you identify I don't want to put <laughs> labels on you <laughs> I'm gay 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 yeah. big congrats gay. congrats um, <laughs> almost six what now you came you have been how long have you been in LA um, I've been in LA now 15 years. Okay. Oh wow. But where, yeah. are you, where are you from? I was born and raised in New York City in Washington oh, Heights. Oh nice. Mm, right. uh, uptown. So, mm-hmm. w- um, what got you into acting? Um, I did a talent show in high school. I went to high school in the Bronx, um, a Catholic high school, um, in the 80s, of course. And it was uh, it was with uh, Lin Manuel. With Lin Manuel. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, he yeah. grew up in the Heights. Yeah, yeah. Oh, his, yeah. His, his show was about the. That's racist, I Alan. That's I'm racist. racist Alan. It's a small <laughs> world. It's like people from Texas. Yeah. He's not wrong. <laughs> um, so I, I, I was in high school my sophomore year, and my friends were going to be part of a talent show. And one of the guys dropped out. They were doing like a medley of Beastie Boys songs. Mm. Oh, wow. And they asked me to do it, and I never thought. A talent show in the Bronx does sound better than a talent show <laughs> in, my, in my hometown. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Right. So I did it, and then I, I fell in love with being on stage, and I was like, oh shit, this is what I want to do. And yeah. Because of the Beastie Boys. Because of the Beastie Boys. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, fascinating. Okay, so, here, so this is. <laughs> Something interesting is like is the idea that 
you know, in some capacity, people would say, I think, growing up in the city, specifically like New York City, must be so, you know, emancipatory to like be out and proud and like, you know, the city welcomes you with open arms, but you've said that it was not that at, right. in, in that scenario, it wasn't that way where you grew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like I said, I grew up in, in Washington Heights and, you know, I wasn't out at all in high school that we didn't have any, you know, television shows that had gay characters. I mean, we had like what Monroe and mm-hmm. Too Close for Comfort, who wasn't, who never I. Wait, was that Jim J. Bullock? Wait, I do believe but he was like super. Rip Taylor? Yeah, Jim Wait, J. Bullock. Jim J. Bullock. Jim J. Bullock. Yeah. Oh my god, Elliot's favorite. But, you know, he was always like the butt of the joke. Yes. Like, yeah. Like but so he'd many probably other be really characters. fun at the bar. Yeah. Oh hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I grew up in a super um, like macho neighborhood and in a time where you know the the gay people that we saw were just kind of like buffoonish Buffoons. and clownish mm-hmm. yeah. and you know people just was that like, hard did it, that make it did it make it hard yeah absolutely absolutely well and and, and then when it, when i was in high school when like freshman year in high school is when kids started what well, kind of happened in like 7th grade and 8th grade where kids started calling me gay and faggot and i thought oh shit like i knew i knew i was gay in my head but of course during that time i was like you can't be gay like mm-hmm. you know this is never going to happen but i knew but then when kids started calling me it i was like oh shit like i'm i'm doing something that is showing people that i'm gay so at that point i remember making a conscious decision to be like don't sit don't sit like that. Don't move your hands too much. Don't, you know, just oh, basically right. don't be effeminate. Interesting, yeah. And so from that point on until, you know, like when I came out, I was I was just, I, I was acting the yeah. whole time trying to be I, like, I'm not gay. Because I grew up on Long Island, so not a borough, but specifically super, super, super macho. Yeah. And so I, I went through the, through the same motions of just being terrified of being seen as, as yeah. feminine or effeminate. But and I will it, say, I do, th- and, and this is just from experience with talking with just various different types of people i do think that because of the sort of machismo within different especially people of color the Mm -hmm. community black and hispanic communities being gay or queer of any stripes it it almost has a extra layer more than just white people because we have the the possibility to well to be readers or to be thinkers or to go to college and be some he's just different because he's smart look at him that's why he's queer whereas like uh, you know a black queer kid doesn't have necessarily that option in the society stereotypically because they're forced to be masculine, which is why we have so it's a problem with the rise of African American women with rates of HIV rising because men can't be queer. Yeah, but now everybody is like, it's almost like the t- it's it feels like the pendulum has swung. To, I just think of like Jonathan Van Ness and how everyone's like he's like the most popular a white dude social. Yeah, I'm still saying, oh. but still like that social <laughs> like the social media Q factor star is like literally. Do you think it's a surprise that the one guy on Queer Eye for Straight for the Queer Eye what is the show called <laughs> Queer Eye for the Straight Guy? What I is think? that? Is that what it is now? Yeah, I don't fucking know. I think so. Literally. The the most masculine person, I would say, stereotypically on that show, is the black guy. Oh, yeah. Think um, about that. Yeah. I don't know. And Bravo, why is that? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I hate that show. But Mind like, blown. <laughs> no, but honestly, <laughs> think about it. There, There is, there is like... <laughs> no, the, that's a fair point. People yeah. have white men. It, white yeah. men have the capacity to be more queer. I, mm-hmm. growing up... When I was being called faggot or gay and like people were noticing me being gay, instead of me having the social stigma of being like, I have to cross my legs a certain way or act more masculine, I would then just be more gay because then it would allow me to be funny. 
Like I could then be used it to be funny, but Mm -hmm. I had that privilege because I was a white kid. Mm -hmm. I don't think a person of color Mm -hmm. does. Uh, I mean, obviously there are exceptions, but I think you make a fair point that on mass, if you look at society as a whole, that yeah, there might there might be a stronger trend towards Mm -hmm. emphasizing that people of color are sort of sort of forced into these like masculine roles, even when they are gay. Whereas you know, so Mm. Guillermo, what like what was the change for you? Like what? What do you think? I heard it. He was talking, but I looked at you. I was like, oh, it's not, you're not talking. People often confuse me for Elliot, and that <laughs> pisses them off. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm very, what, very privileged. What What was the change for you? What What allowed you to come out and sort of um, own your identity? I did a I did a, a movie called Stonewall. Mm, yeah, 1999. Oh, and is, you played a drag queen in Stonewall. Yeah, I was the lead drag queen. Yeah, yeah. And I, I th- you know, once... I booked that movie, um, and then I had to start doing press for it. The non-whitewashed version the non- of the movie exactly. Stonewall, yeah. the, not the new yes, one, yes. guys. The, and there's like yes. a two thousand. How old? Do you remember version. how old were you for that at that point? I was like twenty. Five, twenty-six. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So, like so beyond high school. Yeah. So yeah, this yeah, was yeah. your coming out. This was like my third movie. I had done like Fresh and Party Girl, and then I got Stonewall. Yeah, this was my coming out. Wow. And and um, so they, I, I knew I was going to be faced with press, and the first question, or I thought, of course, they're always the press is always going to ask me, "Are you gay?" And of course, they did. And I remember, um, just thinking to myself before that happened, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm right. I, so this is a time where I'm just going to be truthful and be like yeah i'm gay and 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 i did that and i got a lot of pushback from my managers and my agents and they were like no no and i was like look you guys like i'm not i'm not gonna lie like i I can't do that you know there was a whole like tom cruise stories that he was like making up stories and what year was was like i can't do that what year was that movie it was like 95 so so it's early that's a long time ago to be coming out well this is this i also i i always had a bone to pick with Uh, sort of. <laughs> Tell us about the. Uh, sorry, guys. We can't. Yeah. Really, that is my role, guys. Yeah. Uh, Ew. No. Uh, I always had a bone to pick with like Glad and other sort of media, gay media organizations because they would, and I'm not saying that this is crazy for them to do, but they would always give. Uh, like an award every time a famous person would come out after years in the closet mm-hmm. uh, they would always be like okay so now that so and so came out we can give them an award and they and we give them a big gala and yeah. by the way that's I totally get it and I can't blame them yeah. for doing that but there are people who were actually brave enough to be out in 1995 yeah. who should have er, who earned that spotlight who really more. should be getting the award have you gotten because... your GLAD award yet <laughs> that's Where what your GLAD award I, the first time they asked me to do it, I was so excited and I was like, yeah, and I show up and and then we get ready to do the photo shoot. And it was like, I didn't realize that there was going to be eight other gay actors in my photo. Of course. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, and then there were, it was like a big band playing and like a singer, you know, oh, Marty. they're like, Guillermo, can you lay down and everyone will step on <laughs> your Dude, back? They put me in the back holding a banjo. <laughs> so I was sitting in the chair holding, holding a, a banjo, banjo? and I'm all the, the way banjo? in the back and that shit came out and I was like, what? what? And it took hours and I was like, what is I have happening? Say, I was so like I, upset. I have oh, never Marty. been in the Out 100 like you three celebrities. I can say I wrote an article for Out Magazine and I threatened a lawsuit a year later <laughs> right. for them not paying me. They didn't me. pay you. So, no you know, I, I was I was one of Out's 100 lawsuits lawsuits <laughs> and you, just, and you defended them so you must have gotten paid eventually and, and, well no I did get paid yes uh, because of the lawsuit but how yeah was it? how much was it I'm not gonna say that oh my had god you worked for them? had you worked for no I, I was a freelance writer oh gotcha yeah. wow. so, so what's yeah. interesting about you and your career is that despite 
you know, having an early role as a drag queen, you, and I don't want to put words into your mouth, but it does feel like your career has not been defined by your sexuality in a way that I don't, it potentially could be, or mm-hmm. it might be for other actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that something that just f- happened naturally? Was it something that you, pl- like, tried to plan Dude, to do? Dude, I didn't do? plan shit. I was just like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I think I had acted so well in my, re- in my real life, uh, trying to, you know, act straight, that... It just translated on film, and yeah. I never thought in my head, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta, you know, w- w- play my career like this, or I gotta do this and do that movie." I was just auditioning and doing just shit, and if I booked it, well, I would right. do it, and I kept booking stuff and That's booking great. thug roles and What's gay roles. What's your favorite the- straight role? <laughs> My favorite straight role. Yeah. Ooh, man. That's, that's actually movie. an interesting question. Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess it nice is. Nice compliment, that Alan. Is. <laughs> Alan asks I mean, the question and compliments himself. I mean, I just had I just had a moment where I was like, wow, I love that question. I'm really basically the Barbara question. Walters of this yeah. podcast. Sure. Tell us, what was your favorite straight role? Yeah. Um, I'm probably, I mean, I did a movie called Party Girl with Parker Posey. And yes. That was yes. really a great fun. movie. And she's I a just, queen. Yeah, yeah. She's a true queen. Her I love her. Is incredible. I remember auditioning for the role with her. She read with me, and we we did the scene once. And she said, "Throw your papers on the floor. Throw that shit down. Let's just do it." And we just improved. And, oh. and she was just such a, you know, such a unique um, actress, right? Such a unique person. And I love seeing her. I just had a blast doing. I've that movie. seen her like around New York for years. Yeah. When I when I you know when I was there on rollerblades yeah. in the dog park. Oh, yeah. yeah, she's just like she yeah. has an entity unto herself. Oh sure. yeah, oh, she's, she's the first one that took me to like the tunnel. Of course, of and course she used she to have bad movie uh, days in her apartment. We would just <gasps> go to her apartment and uh, like order food and smoke weed and watch bad movies. And oh, oh wow. my god! Wait, wait, what's the tunnel? Oh, oh my <laughs> like, god! Actual no, it was. Well, I'll let you explain. It was, Holland it, Tunnel. It was a, a a a club in New York, like a really oh, popular club. This was in like before the your time, 80s Brand. and 90s. Yeah, <laughs> the tunnel. I remember there were these clubs that wow. my I wasn't out, and there was one kid in my high school who was, and he was like, Twinkie and like, whatever, and I was like. An ogre, I think. I mean, it probably wasn't as ogreish <laughs> as I ogre? make myself. I just looked unfortunate. I had a, re- a a really rough goatee, and it was just tough. But this kid would always it's come ogre. back the next day from twirl, from the tunnel, from wound or whatever it was. <laughs> wound, limelight, limelight. Lime right? Yes, and then and it was like it all sounded like a genuine nightmare to me. And then the next year, when I was at NYU, I was a freshman, and this guy Matt lived in the city too and he was like i'm gonna take you to these places and i was like okay like i was I know, like my palms are sweating I, I, exactly now. <laughs> and i was like oh this will be this will be cool like I'm, I'm gonna get and they were just as nightmarish as i imagined oh, in yeah. my head dude back yeah. then you had to get picked to go in the club i never got i always oh. went out with my friends and never got in oh. to red zone and and right. um limelight and right. tunnel i got into tunnel the tunnel because i was with parker and right. some other like actor mm. that she that was friends with her but yeah, there it's a fucking nightmare. It's oh my terrible. God. You just stand there picked. hoping that they pick you to go into the club. That's the way it was back then. I mean, I, I'll never forget back in my splash days. Uh, splash. splash. Was, uh, the, I the went the with you to splash a few times. Of course splash. you did. Yeah. yeah. But in my splash days, there was always uh, a ch- um, uh, like a checklist guy, which is he would walk around with a ch- uh, you know a what do you call that a fucking a, oh an email yeah, list clipboard uh, yeah, a clipboard, oh, yeah, clipboard yeah. guy. And uh, he would sign people up for the clipboard. And, you know, he was, he was clearly kind of gauging the crowd. I swear to God, 
in five years of going to Splash, he never even looked at me. Oh my wow. god! And, and he yeah. would like go around me, and he would yep. like ask the old guys. Like the <laughs> really old guys would get on the list, and then like the young cool guys would, and then I was the one guy who was like never on the list. Yeah, I've been always, there. I would always go out in New York with like a lot of club kid friends and like drag queens and whatever to those kind of places that had the clipboards. And I remember one time I was dressed normal. I, well, I thought I was dressed cute, but I was dressed like the most normal out yeah. of everyone. I was with, and the guy at the door was like, it's good to have pretty friends, isn't it? And I was like, no. I'm wearing a bow tie. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god, what an asshole. What I know. That is uh, it's nauseating. Well, I mean, it was, I laughed it off. You know. So wait, this, is, this, is, this is great, too. You said um, that at the time when you, you said you you just were working to work, but you said, I remember you, you said, I remember my rep saying, we need to build up your body count. Oh, yeah. They wanted me to kill more people on film. Yes. And I was like, you guys would rather I kill more people than tell them I'm gay? Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, what a yeah. jarring uh, uh, ultimatum to have. Yeah. Especially now, it seems like. Isn't that yeah. crazy? I yeah. remember sitting down having lunch with my two managers. They were two straight men. And, and one of them said said exactly that. We have to build up your body count on film. That is Because I had just done Stonewall. And then I did a, a Gregor Rocky movie called Nowhere. Mm, great and, movie. Um, yeah, and I was supposed to do, but I'm a cheerleader. But then my that my managers were like, "No way, really? We let you do these movies. That's it. You can't." And I was like, I was so bummed. But, but I'm a cheerleader, so good. Such a good, movie. Such a good movie. I know, but well, you, I built I built up that body count though. Yeah, you did. I did yeah. all these thug movies. And, and scandal was <laughs> scandal was en- enormous. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, that yeah, must yeah. have changed your life. Li- I mean, did it change your life? Sure. Yeah. Could you go to Disney yeah. whenever you wanted? Because it's an ABC <laughs> show. Yeah. yeah. With the guy. They yeah. Uh, it was amazing. Not anymore, though. Ah. That shit is over. And now I'm like, <laughs> we're meeting you just now. I'm Fuck you. <laughs> I would have taken all you, man. Oh, damn. Oh, wait. You do have the. You, I mean, you are like, you know, you, you're celebrated for being an out actor, and you from, you know, from Stonewall to now. But you did reach the pinnacle of queerdom, if you will, by being a judge on oh, RuPaul's right. Drag Race. Weeks ago. Oh. Dude, I've gotten more attention I'm for sure. that than any other like film or TV thing that I've what done. What was it like? What like, did RuPaul anything. smell like? Dude, it was so it was kind of weird. The room is freezing. Yes. They it's tell drag you bring queens, scarves, of course it is. like coats, like yep. yeah, it's drag queen. I was yeah. like, of course. Yeah. But Ru sits there really quiet the whole time and she's got an earpiece. She's talking to herself and I'm sure she's talking to the producers and I, I, they didn't really tell me what to do or what to expect. I had, I was like, oh shit! I saw them writing notes when the queens were coming out. <laughs> so I wrote notes, but I mean, but it was a blast. Wrote, I had pretty, sit- pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty, 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 pretty. <laughs> yes. And I was sitting next to Michelle Visage, and she's yes. a huge Madonna yeah, fan. So of course. So we just talked about Madonna. Oh, that's the whole right. Time. You're a huge Madonna yeah. fan. So yeah. am I. I yeah. when I was a kid, I used to write three letters to Madonna every single year, Ooh. two random, just to say hello, and one on the holidays. <laughs> Have you yes. met? Did so you? Send them, would you send them I was out? in them all the time. And I was a part of the fan club, and I'd always get oh, like things back. And I was she, she was my first concert. Well, she was technically wow. my second concert, but I credit her as my first concert because Belinda too. Carlisle doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and and I I mean I would to this day I still have to buy the CDs even oh, though I don't yeah. own any other CDs. Just to have a, really? I have yeah. to have her CD. Yeah. Have, huh. you, have you gone a, a bunch of concerts? I've been to all of them except the Virgin tour and the Who's That Girl tour. So that was my first Who's I've That Girl live. tour. No way. Yeah, really? I was yeah. literally five. I had a really drunk stepmom who supported me being gay. <laughs> That's very sweet. Yes. Um, so I guess I just want to. This is not about gay stuff, but like, Huck Damn. on Scandal <laughs> was 
the scariest yet most lovable, <laughs> vulnerable. Ca- I mean, that's the what a crazy character to play. Yeah, it was petrified. I mean, as a viewer, Do you I was briefly petrified. explain. The, well, Huck the was um, uh, Huck was sort of like the he was a former train killer spy turned. Uh, vagrant, yeah, uh, right. Or I guess you'd yeah, say homeless yeah. vagrant. In this show, they put him in a in a hole in a metaphoric. Well, no, in an actual hole to kind of um, brainwash him, and he comes out of that, and he becomes homeless. And, and Carrie Washington's Carrie. character takes him in and, and asks him to work for her because he's Saint a Carrie. Hacker and yeah. <laughs> but what's cool about that, aside from the fact that you were so good on it and it was oh, so scary. You. I mean, truly, like I still think about certain. Well, so Huck would um, torture to get. To get stuff from people, he uh-huh. would torture them. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was a lot of um, yeah, cutting, te- toes cutting, cutting toes and, and the teeth. I do the and same oh, you didn't waterboard? Thing. You didn't waterboard? I got waterboarded uh, on the show. Yeah, like yeah. for real waterboarded. Well, not no. real. <laughs> But Huck I had to did. do like rehearsals, like yeah. week rehearsals, so, so they so I could get used to what they were gonna do. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was wow. crazy. I, um, I drink soda and goes up the wrong nose once, and I'm pissed <laughs> off. Oh I wouldn't God, be able too. to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, I, I want, what I wanted to ask was, yeah. so that show is obviously created and produced by Shonda Rhimes. So Shonda, Shonda Land, Shonda, right? Shonda, Shonda's company, Shonda Land, has been very. Um, uh, has been diverse by design since she started, starting like Grey's Anatomy, basically. Mm-hmm. All her shows have been just so colorblind. And it, it, from my perspective, you know, a show like Scandal, where um, Cyrus is this uh, uh, evil, but is he, you know, like an evil, but with a conscience. And, you know, he's yeah. he's sort of depraved, but he's gay and it's and it comes up and then it goes away. It doesn't really make a huge yeah. difference as to his character, and that spans all of her shows. Does it? Did it feel different to work on a show under the Shondaland banner because of, you know, all the the the, the choices she makes in terms of diversity and just letting it be so, you know, Absolutely. active? Yeah, I felt super safe doing the show. I remember having our first dinner all together, the cast at Shonda's house, and and telling her I was gay, and she was like, "Oh shit, you're gay? Cool. Where's your boyfriend?" and she met my boyfriend, and she was Aww. super, super cool. And I, yeah, I just felt really, really safe. And the cast was really close, and um, you know, a lot of them knew I was gay because I'd been out. Sure, I hadn't told Carrie, and I remember Carrie came up to me. And she was like, "Why? I had no idea you were gay. Like everybody knows except me." And I was like, "Carrie, I don't, you know, <laughs> you're Carrie Washington. <laughs> you're Carrie Washington. You shouldn't. You think I'm gonna call you? Oh my so god, sweet, though. <laughs> it's so true. Sweet. I mean, that's. I think but that's what we need. We need it. more. <laughs> we need more LGBT assassins. LGBT yes. Yes. cartels. <laughs> I just think Shonda Rhimes' book, all, The Year of Yes, all. is so good. Oh, it right. had me saying yes to even things I shouldn't have said yes to. Bet, Do you have I it? You did. I have it. I haven't read it yet. You have to read it. I it's know. really oh, good. I, I, I have the book and audiobook. That's how much oh, I like it. I use it on walks. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> wait, so uh, separately, were you at, uh, did you go to Off Sunset? Off Sunset is a Sorry. outdoor festival. The that, leather festival. That it's I, leather weekend. Uh, it was yeah. leather weekend. Right. Okay. And leather. Yeah. And so there's like. It's like Folsom Light. Folsom yes. Light. Okay. Which That's Folsom exactly is the San Francisco yes. sort of pride. And it's and I think also Off Sunset also benefits an AIDS charity. I don't. I, I, I can't so. be totally I sure about that. Most of them do. <laughs> I don't know. Most Folsom LGBT does. events Folsom, benefit an AIDS Folsom charity. Folsom famously, somewhere. the Folsom history is so fascinating. And, and I think Off Sunset came from this that the bars 
was on Market Street or off Market Street there um, where there were a lot of leather bars. And at the height of the HIV AIDS epidemic, a lot of the bars were closing because the clientele was dying. And so mm-hmm. as a means to sort of support the community while also experience that sort of leather lifestyle that they so loved, they would they created Folsom, which then became a massive AIDS fundraiser. And mm-hmm. it spawned all of the Folsoms all across the world. Well, so are you into yeah. like, are you a leather person? Because um, I yes went and, once and I yeah I not don't, hardcore like I like yeah. it and I'm into it but I don't like have gear and like am right. like all right let's you know I don't have my I have friends that have like sp- like the gloves and like oh, it's so sweaty boots and the jackets like I have leather jackets and stuff and leather boots and I, think I will it's say hot, this I like putting like, on latex gloves at the dentist really. Why? For some reason, I've always enjoyed latex gloves. Do you ask for them? Yeah. Right. I, so no, huh? I don't ask because I just take them because sometimes they say no. What? I know that's different than leather. And you put them on while I... they work on your yeah. mouth? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, I've always loved it. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Yo, Snapping you... it? I do. It's just like, it's, it's Your fun. kink is asking the dentist if you can put on gloves? Yeah. I really enjoy, I Yo, really enjoy putting on. You know what's crazy? You can also buy latex gloves. Oh, but yeah. you ain't got money for that. My kink is Michael I saying, I just ordered Domino's. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I got yes. really excited, actually. Yeah. When you I, just said I suggested that today, and he said no to it. Oh, damn. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that is, that is, wait, that is Brent's latex glove thing. Might be, like, the <laughs> so greatest into leather, thing that ever what happened is, to What is, like, what is, what is the, le- how did you get into leather? Like, what is the, what is it like for you? Yeah, well, I, I'm, like I said, I'm not into, le- I mean, I think it's hot, and I'm around, I, like, the bars I frequent are, like, the Eagle and Fault Line, and, yeah. um, Akbar, mm-hmm. so they're heavy in in that scene. But I'm I'm not like oh shit like you know I'm not super into leather leather. You're not wearing harness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean I have in a harness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have leather. a question. <laughs> Wait a minute, never I change my mind. <laughs> what? Okay, I don't. He's in chaps what, right now. What guys. do? What does the harness like? What does it do? What's the point of a harness? I think it's supposed to accentuate your shoulders and arms. <laughs> it just looks hot. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, does it look hot to you? What? Do you find it attractive? Uh, no, it, it, leather seems very moist and warm to me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Unless no. a guy can grab you like from the front. And I oh, see. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I can see that. Directional yeah, 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 yeah. item. It's a, <laughs> sure. What about like the hats? Like, are there like? So Alan's boyfriend Michael uh, or Miguel, he's a designer and he does design like high end harnesses. Yeah, like glitter stuff. You should buy some stuff. MichaelBurnbilla.com. Yes, Um, but I'm I'm surprised. I'm always like I want to think Michael like tries them on. No, I mean yes. Well, no, it's. It isn't a part of like get your head out of the gutter. It isn't like it. that at all. I mean, he does try on stuff to make sure it fits and like things are it's it's being sewed the right way. Sure, but like I mean, he knows what he's doing. It's all handmade. Like he just pumps them out real quick. Right. Um. But the harnesses, his harnesses, I think, are very different from the leather community harnesses mm. because the leather community harnesses are very much into exactly that, like the the directional Control, stuff, the right. controlling, pushing yeah. around, and his are more of a fashion aesthetic. Mm. And there is a queer identity in that. In that the what are the the, the metal round like not uh, the like not, the rings or whatever the rings yeah but that yeah. connect the harnesses you know uh, sometimes like yeah. he puts a lot of that into his mm. work and that's of course like a dick ring thing what is that mm. cock, cock, ring. Ring. cock ring thank Which you I'm wearing one right now are <laughs> you really oh look at that you brace it's not on his dick it's on his hand <laughs> unfortunately guys this is a podcast and you can't see what we're talking about we once uh, <laughs> the three of us once once went to a bar like a Sunday afternoon beer bust or whatever it's called yeah 
and um, two two a friend two friends of friends were there with us. And um, we had just met them. This. I remember this. And we were sitting there, and it was like a nice afternoon. Like it was just a bunch of us, like having drinks. And suddenly we heard, like these are my keys, but it sounded like this. And it was like, what, 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 what was that? And like, but nobody said anything about it. And then the guy across from us, um, pick. He was like, oh. My cock ring fell off. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Shut the fuck was, up. That's then, a loud ass cock ring. Loud, loud, a it was loud, but B I was like, wait, does that mean you had a- for him because it's so small? Right. Yeah. Well, that, the it question, can't stay on. Was it? Was he? Uh, but then my was question he rock is, hard were you rock hard while we were talking, uh, drinking like drinking beer and talking about who knows what? Yeah. Was that what was happening? Like, how did it fall off? When did it fall off? Oh, wow. so many questions. What bar was yeah. this? Was it Fault Line? Precinct. 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 Downtown. Yeah. yeah. Downtown. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Right. I mean, I love a cock ring, but I they make me lightheaded. Do they? Me too. Yeah. yeah. Me but too. it's also like. I mean, if you're wearing it to the bar, like clearly you have something that's happening afterwards, which totally. is great. But you have a cock ring that is sized like yours is clipped. It's like a thing that you can adjust yeah. sizes. So if you're at the bar and if you do happen to go soft, it's not going to fall off. Like, <laughs> go there's a soft. Me- go soft. And I yeah. just wear it on my wrist. I mean, but you, yeah. well, you're putting it under your for, nuts, for, right? for necessary. It's like you know. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 like wait, wait. A, Let's let's talk it's logistics like hand sanitizer. for a second. No, it's not on your nuts. <laughs> but, but I wait. It's. No, it is on your nuts. Yeah, it's, it's it not goes, on your nuts, but it's, it's goes around it goes your around, around your, your penis and testicles. Yeah. Where did you think it went, Elliot? It Just around go, the penis. Oh, no, no, it goes around your hole. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Elliot. So I guess that's why I'm confused how it fell off, because yes. how could it get well, around your huge nuts? It fell off because nuts. probably he doesn't have huge nuts, or... <laughs> yeah. Some of us might have huge nuts, I do not. I only have one testicle, so a cock rings are very small for me, because sure. I have to have it. And and yeah. at what's the leather place here that you buy oh, all the gear at? 665? Or... No, on Sunset. Oh, Rough Trade. Oh, rough, rough trade. trade. I went there and I had to get sized for a cock ring because oh, because got big old balls. Well, no, not Size. because not because they're big, but because because of my testicular cancer, I had the oh, one testicle, shit. and they had to like wrap it around. Like I had to find one that fit me, and they were so helpful That's cool and nice. That they did that, rough though. trade, guys. If you're ever in LA, go to rough yeah. trade. Size Wait, is such they a had to, they had to look at your junk. Yeah. Oh, and right. I didn't mind. Very, yeah. very friendly. Well, and it's rough mind. trade. Yeah, yeah it's, it's rough like trade. To them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do like you saying sized as if you were going like wedding ring shopping. <laughs> <laughs> size 12. Uh, well, Guillermo, um, I, I think we've gone over everything we at really this point. But, <laughs> Guillermo um, Diaz. Diaz. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much for being here. Where can people really follow fun. you on the interwebs? <laughs> if you want them uh, on to. On Instagram, I'm Guillermo Diaz Real. <laughs> <laughs> I always giggle after I say that. And and on Twitter, I'm Guillermo Diaz. Yo. Yo. <laughs> Thank you, Thanks, Guillermo. Thank you, guys. And another thing. Guys, when it comes to gay intramurals and like sports <laughs> leagues and stuff. Yeah. You lost me. Have you done? Well, no, because you've done one. Yeah, you've I done know, one. I know, I didn't like it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what, have you, what have you guys done that I'm... I'm aware of what you've done, I think, right? I did gay poker with you guys a couple times. Sure. I've never done gay sports. Right. Any, any gay sport leagues, which is weird because I actually like, I am competitive and I like, and I'm good at baseball. So I think I could crush. Yeah, you should do yeah. that. Maybe I should. You should, you should do, do baseball. That. Yeah. You're good at baseball? <laughs> I am good at baseball. We'll come to a game and I'll what, eat hot dogs. <laughs> what position do you play? Uh, I pitch. Uh-huh. Shortstop. Oh, so that base. wasn't a metaphor. Got it. Yeah. 
That's right. That's often a gay metaphor. But you did. Yeah. You did. <laughs> I've done dodgeball. I've done softball. I've done poker. I've done bowling. I've done. I wouldn't put you guys poker did bowling together. I wouldn't put poker in this. I wouldn't put poker in there sport. either. It's, it's not, not a sport. sport but poker is like, like a fun, chill it's gay activity. Bonding. It is gay in bonding. An appropriate. Play. I don't know. I when I said I I I cancel on this is that I, I cancel on the bowling thing. So Elliot and I and you too. I didn't no, do it. Oh, no, you no. didn't do it. Elliot and Wisely. I joined a bowling league, a uh, gay bowling league. and We thought that would be a fun... <laughs> I thought it would be fun and chill, and I yeah, did you were not excited about it. I, would, yeah. I literally did it for the food. I did it so that I could I could throw a ball yeah. and eat some nachos. Yeah. That's why I did it. Well. And, and there... <laughs> did you have nachos every week, by the way? <laughs> nachos, hot dogs, everything. Like, I had so much food. And, and then people would get angry at me for wanting to eat the food that they brought for other teams. Yes. And I was like, this is a communal thing. Yeah. This is supposed to be communal. Give me a cookie. That and that bowling league was, it was... They were so... A specific type of torture. Yeah, because they... One, they were serious oh. about it. Two, they were so... Clicky. Clicky. Yeah. That it was almost like, this isn't communal at all. I could not believe week to week how little interaction there were between the teams of four... Yes. That would rotate every single week. Oh, so you were on a different team every week? Well, no, no, no. Oh, you had it. one Got team, it. but you would play against a different team Got and you would it. rotate stuff. Yeah. But was... isn't that the point of, yes. of a game yeah, exactly. intramural sports you is that you're meeting you... people? Well, yeah. Exactly, exactly, Brent, which is why it was so baffling and frustrating. <laughs> and this was so perfect that... for me because I hate breaking a sweat. Right. So, like, this would be the one <laughs> thing that I could do that would be athletic, but also, like, communal. And by the way, communal. we were lovely. We wait, were a lovely team. You weren't even lovely. Yes. We weren't. We were not only lovely. We were kind. We were. We were the coolest Funny. people there. We were the coolest people Although, there. Although Elliot told me that every time the woman on your league would bowl, you would say, "Pop that pussy." You I did would. say, "Pop that pussy." Yeah, but to she was Alicia. cool. <laughs> she was so cool. I think she was polite. <laughs> no, she was cool. She no. Her, we've messaged since. Her and I keep She's in touch. Oh, She's good. a doll. She All liked right. that. Pop that pussy. Okay. <laughs> she was like, and you an have to say, older, I can't like, imagine her liking that. You have to say that's because you two are white. Losers. <laughs> she was all like, "Yes, that faggot." <laughs> but no, would you, she like, was. Elliot, yes, she was. Would you or Al- Alan? Would oh. you guys do volleyball? Would you do dodgeball? What would I you would do never now? do. I would never do bowling again in that league because I could sure. not believe how right. pointedly nasty uh, right. Right. The, the 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 tension some of these, was. Some of these leagues I are really close. Dodgeball in New oh, York. Oh yeah, and that was. That was actually astounding in in how in it disappointed way? me in every oh. single capacity. How so? Well, I'll say this: there was so much nasty. First of all, everybody was really, <laughs> truly violent. There was a violence there in the in. Like you weren't getting the shit kicked out of you. You mean like they were just cold? The play, and no, mean. The, the way they played dodgeball was oh, like right, it was dodgeball. like they were taking. It was like they were trying to like be toxically masculine oh, on the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it was it was awful. Oh, what way? But were they pee on things? Just no, just violent. Just the way they played dodgeball Throw, was not friendly. Throwing it, for the head. Yes, head it was oh. nuts. And uh, and then and. I don't make picture you being great at dodgeball, too. I was okay at it. I wasn't yeah. great. But to make... It's, I can move fast. It was yeah. just like I didn't want to... I didn't want to, like, sl- you know, whatever. I didn't want to, like, hurt people. I just wanted to play the game. <laughs> sure. But I was... Everybody was so... It was a, It turned out to be a very Hell's Kitchen crowd, uh. which to viewer, listeners who don't know means it was a specific neighborhood 
one that is mostly populated by like theater people and like finance guys. So it very was a, gay, very gay neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and yeah. um and but the the sort of the the thing that explains it all basically that that makes it all very clear is the fact that when I did it, when I was in the league for one year, um, <laughs> that was when Gossip Girl was very popular. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And somebody in the league had started a gossip girl like blog in which they wrote about the players oh on the league oh wow and it was not anonymously anonymously but yeah. it was not friendly i didn't think it was cute what did they write about you nothing because i wasn't oh. important enough <laughs> oh it was so horrifying i i, I yeah. was i really was almost like i don't know it was it was really hard well, this yeah. is something we've talked about a bunch of times but like it is kind of amazing to me that the gay community will uh, some people in the gay community will really openly embrace the mean girls from mean girls well mm. that's what that was and that's sort of like the the culture of like being a, a bad person yeah i didn't get it i couldn't believe Which I, that I that was the case quite, that's obviously I, not most gay people i would i i i'm just i would never join an athletic thing um not because like i have anything against them i just honestly like like i one time i went skiing and i did it because i wanted the hot cocoa at the lodge like i don't i i'm just i'm a very relaxed person and the idea of activity that involves running or throwing things or like yeah i would would consider softball brent if you considered it oh god you guys yeah Okay. Let, let me let, let's think about it for a year. Yeah, let's take I'll a think, year. I'll think about it for a year yeah. or so. <laughs> we'll we'll talk get, about it we'll for get back a year. To each other yeah, and then please. We can, you can email, email me in a year. I'll talk email you in a year. <laughs> okay. I'll go for the hot dogs. What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt say about something she heard on today's podcast? I don't care how you pronounce Pete's last name. I'm not voting for her. <laughs> Would she say something about how his his name has butt in the name? Or is that low-hanging fruit? That's, that's low-hanging fruit. Yeah, fruit. I understand. <laughs> My Aunt Joanne would say, you're a natural athlete. I've seen you play. <laughs> I've seen you play. Alan, what about your aunt? I saw you play T-ball <laughs> in 90... What was it, 91? I've seen you dance. <laughs> My Aunt Anne, very racistly, would say... Your guest sounded lovely, but when you pronounced his name, I thought you were ordering a Taco Bell. I didn't understand a word you were saying. <laughs> and Aunt married to person of color as well, I do believe. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was for... also racist. He's also racist. Well, well oh my God. but against Hispanic people. Right. Yes. Thanks for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen. I'm not racist, Scott. Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.